Dancers have a lot to balance. From their pirouettes to their jumps, a dancer's performance is a direct result of hard work and motivation. So where does food fit into this? There's a lot of myths and a ton of antiquated ideals about what a dancer's diet should look like. And I'm here to dispel those. I'm Rachel Fine, registered dietitian nutritionist and founder of To The Point Nutrition. I'm the dance nutritionist and I'm here to tell you that to be a successful dancer, you don't have to diet. Instead, I'll teach you how to use food as your best tool to enhance your performance. A nourishing meal plan not only fuels your dancing, but also enhances your strength, improves your balance, supports your flexibility, and most importantly, reduces your risk to injury. Katie, as you know, many dancers struggle with obstacles on their road to being a professional dancer. And I'd love to hear from you any obstacles, whether it was body image or food related, or maybe just dance related that you felt like you dealt with and even overcame. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I mean, I had a pretty, like, I don't have much to complain about and my upbringing and my path, I got very lucky. Um, but I did, of course, I struggled with body confidence issues and self-esteem sure. issues. And I think the most apparent time for me was when I was like brand new, like just joining company. I was like 17, 18, it was new country, new company, new language. And I was so like, I want to be perfect. I want to like make my mark. I want to just like be, you know, I had all these expectations coming in as a fresh, like court ballet dancer, which, you know, your, your expectations are squashed within moments of being there. You're like, oh, this is going to suck. But um, just being in that really stressful environment for the first time and everything was so foreign and I had so like such high expectations for myself, I think that's when I started to like realize like food could play a negative role in my life. And it, it felt like for me, it was something that I could like really control. And that was the only thing I could control at that time. And it ended up like kind of backfiring. And I luckily, like I realized it soon enough. I was like, something's not working. Like sure. I don't feel right. Um, but yeah, that was definitely like the biggest moment in my career when I realized like I could either go one of two ways and yeah. started to go, you know, down a wrong path and realized, no, it's so many other um, some better options than that. Absolutely. And, you know, you bring up a really good point, which I think a lot of dancers struggle with. I know I struggled with it. Perfectionism, or at least going through this stage where you are trying to perfect your performance. And then you find that like, you know, food maybe could be something that I can control with that. Lucky for you, and I would say I can relate to this, I figured out, or we figured out quickly that that can either go down one or two roads. It's either gonna go down a road that's not gonna help your performance, or it's gonna go down a road where you can actually really learn how to fuel your body and use food as, as something that's beneficial. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so I, after I was in ABT2, um, right out of JKO, I actually got a contract with Stats Ballet Berlin. So I was dancing in Berlin for about two years. And I had, I had had a great experience with ABT too, and I even apprenticed with ABT. Um, but then this opportunity came in my lap, and you know, I was, like I said, so young and so naive. And immediately I was like, well, yeah, of course I'm going to go dance in Europe. Um, so yeah, it was definitely an eye-opening experience for... I hear that often. I think that when dancers um, 
get their first contracts or when they're just younger and they are going off to just a new place and a new country, I think that's tough in of itself, aside from having to figure out how to live on your own and how to care for yourself uh, with food. So that's got to be a huge learning curve and doing that in another country. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So would you say that that was a time in your career that like, if you can pinpoint where you made a connection, what you were putting on your plate was going to impact performance? Definitely. That was definitely it. Cause that was a time where like, I think cause I was so unfamiliar with the cuisine there and the, you know, the names of the food in the grocery store, I would only like buy what I was familiar with. And I was working so much, so much. And I started to realize like, I feel so just like malnourished and like depleted. Right. And, like I need something, something's got to change. So that is mm -hmm. when I realized, all right, like, yeah, it can be used for as much better, like productive. Uh, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And then, you know, take us into now where you're at now. Uh, you're in the company, you're at ABT. I'd love to yeah. hear how you would compare just fueling your workouts to fueling uh, your, your dancing. Yeah. As you bring up an excellent point. And um, so I'll, I'll hit both those. Um, yeah. When I'm with ABT and like we're on a regular schedule, we're touring, we're performing. Um, it's our schedule is so insane. Like it's so important to just have snacks on snacks on snacks. So if it's like a rehearsal day at 8:90 in New York, like I'm a big breakfast person, I always have to wake up first thing I do. Breakfast. It's usually like Greek yogurt, some granola, fruit, and then I get to the studios and we're there from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. That's a really long time to go. Mm -hmm you know, while you're exercising and you're like getting all these rehearsals in. And we do have like one, uh, a one hour lunch break from three to four, but that's mm -hmm. big, 10 to three is a big chunk sure. of time. So that's when I like make sure my locker is full of snacks. I've got bars, I've got bananas, I've got fruit in my bag. Um, so like that for me is the most important thing. Like if I'm hangry, I'm, I do not, <laughs> at the beginning of the week, like I, I had to just tell them like, okay, I need to make sure I've got all these snacks, like I have to be prepared because I know it's going to make for a much better experience. And especially like if we're on tour, um, it's funny. There's like, there's like a group of us. The first thing when we do, when we get off that bus from the airport, we all get an Uber, we'll go to Trader Joe's or Whole Foods mm -hmm. and we'll stock up because we know like, we're not going to have the time after a show or in between like rehearsals and performance to go get food, get proper dinner. Sometimes room service is already closed. So mm -hmm it does become a priority. Like you do think about it and it's not so much as like controlling it, but it's like, how, like, what do I need to do to prepare to make sure I'm nourished properly? How can yeah. I like to do the performance that I have to do? A lot of the work that I do with dancers is trying to teach them to move away from these restrictive eating habits. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, in order to do that, we have to learn how to actually plan out a balanced menu, especially for if you are going on tour, you have to, it's not having control, it's just planning ahead and exactly. being on top of your schedule and planning for days that you're going to have like hours of rehearsals leading into performances. And, you know, the logistics of getting back late from a performance and not having room service be available, I think it's a really good point that the idea of planning your day and your food intake is something that is so beneficial for a dancer. Yeah, it is. And it does take up like a big chunk of my like, my mental capacity. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. And then now being home with COVID, obviously things are much different. You aren't in those situations. You have more time. How would you say it's changed now? 
Right. So to be completely honest, like when this first happened and my body realized like you're not working as much as before, like what's wrong with you? Like I did feel myself mentally go to a place where I'm like, well, maybe I should cut back on. No, like this is mm-hmm. not going to Especially if I'm going to do like home workouts and all this stuff. Like even though it's not the same thing as being in a rehearsal studio, you're still, you're exercising, you're conditioning, you're training. But also like we work so hard and for so many long hours as dancers, like every day throughout the year. So it, I had to like tell myself it's okay to take this time and like let my body like feel the way it's still, you know, it's telling me exactly what it means. During this time, now is the opportunity for dancers to actually start listening to their body. Whereas like those days when you're on tour, you don't have the time to think about if you're hungry, if you're full, what you're craving. Like you just, you have to go to Trader Joe's, you have to stock up on as many snackable, packable items and pack them with you, whether that's what you're craving or not. Right. So like, that's one path. That's one aspect of your, of life. And then now you have this time where you actually can start listening to your body. You're not necessarily moving as much as you would be if you were commuting on the subways and going back and forth from classes and conditioning. Um, but you still are doing exercise and you still have to honor your body's performance. And it sounds like you're really have discovered that balance of doing it now while we're mainly at home versus doing it when you're back in New York and back in the studios. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And also like during this whole time, it's also like, you know, I've been spending much more time at home like with family and with other people. I'm, I'm used to living on my own. Like I've been on my own since I was like 16, 17. Sure. It also means like I prepare meals only for myself and I only mm-hmm. have what I like or what I'm going to buy. And so it has mm-hmm. been kind of a learning process to learn like, oh, well, I need to like coordinate with the other people around me and like not everyone's gonna have the same taste as me and that's okay and like I can you know bend my ways for you know those purposes so now kind of shifting gears to when you are in your performance mode I would love to hear how you plan your fueling for performance versus like your recovery meals um so something that always comes to my mind is like a a week like Swan Lake because it's so physically intense. I would love to hear how you plan before the show is, do you have nerves? Can you eat before the show? Are you snacking in between the show? So kind of walk us through your performance. So I usually have like bananas a day during Swan Lake. (laughs) For all that potassium. But yeah, all the potassium because it's standing and cramping and then jumping. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, Swan Lake is a rough week, especially for the girls in the core. You're doing eight yeah. act twos every single day. It's it's intense. But that's a week where I really just kind of, like, let myself just listen to my body. And, like, if I'm hungry, I'm going to eat what I want to eat. I don't need to think about, like, oh, well, did I, like, pack, like, the right protein bar? Or, like, I already had a banana. Should I have I'm like, if I'm hungry, if I want a candy bar, if I want, you know – a chicken sandwich, if I like whatever, like that's when you're like, okay, I know I'm working my butt off, so I'm gonna fuel and I'm not gonna think about it, but I'm gonna fuel to like replenish. As a dancer, like I do find it hard to eat heavily before performance. So mm-hmm. like I'll snack and I'll snack and I'll snack all day up until the show, but I always save the like big chunk of my meal or my day for after the performance, which like it, it makes my body feel better, but it is tiring when you get home and all you wanna do is sleep. I'm like, but I do still have to eat because I know, like, I just done, like, two swan lakes today. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a really hard balance to find. Like, sometimes one day, like, it works better. And one day I'm like, why did I do this? I should have, like, eaten before. Now I need to go to sleep. 
So it's, and every, every year we do it, it's different. Like every year we do it, my body reacts differently to it. So that is really, yeah, it's a hard balance to find. And every girl is different. We all have our different ways of uh, reacting to that week. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing that you say though, that I think stands out is, you know, no matter how tired you are at the end of the show, it's almost like, you know, you have to uh, give yourself some type of recovery meal. And I think it's important for dancers to realize that your recovery meal isn't only acting as a recovery meal, but it's also prepping you for the next day when you, you know, when you have to wake up and go to class and then rehearsal and then have it do the show all over again. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah, I mean, there was definitely a time where I would get home to the theater and like not have time to make a deep meal or just want to go to sleep and like mm -hmm. it would just be a bowl of cereal I'd be coming home to and it was mm -hmm. like great I love it it's easy it's quick I'm going to bed but then you know the next morning I'm like oh, I feel like I'm still so hungry like I'm still lethargic yeah sure so, yeah I learned like I had to make a point like if I'm tired like I still need I need fuel I need a meal absolutely and do you find that um you would snack like in between between the show if we're within the show if during an intermission or, or is that something I usually do uh, it depends I mean sometimes like we're doing Swan Lake I'm on act, act one act two act three like I don't have any time really the only time I'm off we're like changing costumes and changing head mm -hmm. um but if I do like get an act free off which happens occasionally and I I usually am back in my spot eating like nuts or some kind of snack or mm -hmm. at ABT um, on backstage on both sides we have a water table and on the water table is a candy jar oh and okay they, cool. yeah before every show they refill like Starburst and yeah men so yeah I definitely poured a few of those Starbursts and just keep them at my spot in case of emergency it makes sense though because even just the quick sugars are going to just help you get through that exactly, act. exactly. I think it's like I could be making this up. I think it's even like in our contract. Like we have to have like a sugar source during the show. Oh, there. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Every show right. the stage filled up in half hour. And it goes <laughs> by, by like third to act three, it's all gone. It's all empty. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, and would you say Swan Lake is probably the one of the harder weeks to have to balance with this? Definitely. Definitely Swan Lake and Bider. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would, yeah, those two definitely are the, have been the hardest weeks I've ever had experience. Mm -hmm. uh, now, talk to me a little bit about COVID. And obviously, the company, everyone's home. Mm -hmm. How are you staying motivated? I know you mentioned in the very beginning, it got to your head, maybe just a little bit for like two days, where you were like, hmm, should I be eating less? I'm not dancing as much. But then that you realized was, you don't have to do that. Uh, so how has the adjustment been and how have you been staying motivated? Cause it's such a scary unknown time right now. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's terrifying. And like, I, I have my good days and I have my bad days. And especially in the beginning, like I, it was really hard because automatically my mind was like, well, I'm going to get so far behind. Like I was training so hard up to this point. Like I'm losing all the work that I did. Like I'm going to fall behind. I don't have access to a studio. Some people do like, mm -hmm. and it took it took a while for me to like learn like how to be kind to myself and like let mm -hmm. myself just you know accept that this is happening and it's been really great with an AB like we all take company class on zoom every morning and you do you see everybody in their kitchen like some people are in their studios and some people are like on their back patio and you just realize that everybody really just wants to be together and wants to be experiencing mm -hmm. this together again and it's been so long since we've been able to do that so just kind of like reaching out and like experiencing those things with my colleagues has really helps because then mm -hmm. it doesn't seem so personal 
oh my gosh, I'm the only one like suffering from this. Like, I'm yeah, definitely. Everybody, everybody is dealing with this. It's like, just be nice to yourself. Like yeah. it's, yeah. You know, and one thing that. that I find myself constantly reminding a lot of dancers is that, I mean, everyone, every country, everyone is just stuck in the same boat right now. We have to, uh, like you said, be kind to ourselves and realize that even though we don't necessarily know how long it's going to be, it is going to be a temporary situation. Like we will get into the studio one day. Right. It's not like ballet is just going to cease to exist after this. Like, <laughs> exactly. Then you're a really long time. It's not going to go anywhere. Exactly. Gonna... Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of dancers definitely are struggling with how do they stay in shape while being at home? And you know, at, because you're both a dancer and a fitness trainer, I really would love to hear any advice or any tips that you have for dancers in regards to just them staying in shape as a dancer. Yeah, I mean, my biggest piece of advice would be to start small and work your way up. Don't be overwhelmed by things you see on the internet or things that other people are posting and immediately like, oh, I need to try this crazy like new workout fad or this new workout trick. Start small, and if you have the resources, if you have somebody in your company or your school who is maybe not certified but is in the fitness world or conditioning or physical therapist, especially if you have access to a physical therapist, approach mm -hmm. them and, hey, like, what's the best way to go about this? How should I start? Like, what's the best plan? But, I mean, for, like, young students who are trying to look for um, extra conditioning, I would definitely start with, like, looking into Pilates and mm -hmm. some yoga stuff to really like have a good stable base yeah. and then to build up from there. One of my favorite apps that I've been using is Owl Moves. So it's the brand Owl Yoga. Mm -hmm. And they have they have yoga classes, they have hit classes, they have Pilates, they have like cardio kickboxing, um, and it's all like 25 minutes, 45 minutes, you get a huge range. But um, they're all very easy to follow along and they're all like they cover every like workout regime you could do at home right now. And so once you've like found, you know, a system that kind of works for you, it also gives them a chance to realize like what does, like what um, activity works best for them. Like some people may like a HIIT workout a lot more than a cardio or than like a Pilates toning. Start small, start safe, um, especially if you're doing a lot of like jump squats or burpees in your home, like let, like start very slowly, see how your shins react the next day. You know, you don't want to be jumping on concrete sure. when we're doing ballet class. We also like, you know, for jumping and conditioning class, they want to be safe about that as right. well. That's such a good point. Um, it's kind of the same with nutrition too. I mean, really just staying away from a lot of those more severe, like kickstart types of diets, which I think can be very attractive during this time because yeah. dancers are so scared about losing the, the work that they've done or wanting to not gain any weight during this time. So I feel like dancers as a, in a, in, as a community are more vulnerable during a time like now to wanting to just like push themselves through conditioning without really knowing, like you said, without having a, a strong base and a strong core, and then probably really being at risk for coming back to dance with an injury. Right. And yeah, you have to remember like the whole point of going about a conditioning regimen is to prevent injuries and to mm -hmm. enhance your technique. That's such a good point. You know, we don't want to go in the opposite direction. That's such a good point. I think that it can be very easy to think of conditioning or cross training as like a calorie burn. Yes. When in fact, the goal of them should be for injury prevention. Exactly. And one thing I really try to keep in mind when I'm 
um, doing my conditioning classes, especially if it's for other dancers or my colleagues. I really try to pay attention to how I create an exercise for the purpose of enhancing like a ballet technique. So like, mm -hmm. it's not like it is for anybody who wants to work out, but there is a purpose behind every exercise and every kind of circuit that I give. Mm -hmm. I do put the thought into how it's going to feed into like ballet technique and how you're going to use. So yeah, if they can realize that connection, it pays off immensely. Yeah, Katie, can dancers work with you virtually if they wanted to right now? They can. Yeah, I've been working with a lot of people virtually. Um, even like ABT, I've been teaching a conditioning class for the whole company virtually. How can dancers get in touch with you if they want to set something up to work with you? Um, so my email is probably the best. Um, it's katieborn1 at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. I put information out on my Katie Bourne Fitness page when I teach. Because I usually mm -hmm. teach a fitness class once a week. So I'll put a sign up, up for that. On Definitely. That. That's yeah, I love, I love working one-on-one, -on -one, especially with younger dancers. I, I think there's that. a lot of them that really need it, especially during this time. I think yeah. this is such a great time for us to take advantage of actually starting to build babies that could really... Yeah get you back into the studio. One thing dancers have to realize is that when we get back into the studio, they can't compare themselves to when they left the studio. But if we can at least start working on their core and their base now while they have the time, that can be super beneficial. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You're so mm -hmm. right. So my final question is definitely a general one, but I just want to hear what you think. Okay. How would you define a healthy dancer? Oh, a healthy dancer for me is a happy dancer. I mean, that maybe sounds very cliche. And I mean, I've experienced so many dancers who are so unhappy just being in this world and surrounded by the stress. And so many of us, as you said, like we're perfectionists. And mm -hmm. sometimes I even feel guilt guilty to it too. And I let it really like beat me down. And I sure. realize like I'm doing this because I love it. So why am I feeling like this? Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, if you're doing it, if you remember why you're doing it, you're being happy, you're being healthy. Um, once, you re once you're in the studio and you're just miserable all the time, like, it's not worth it. So Such a good point. You know, at, at the end of the day, dance, most of us go into dance because it's a passion. And if that passion shifts from being a love to something of fear and anxiety, I think that's when you have to assess, maybe it's time for me to take two steps back, whether that means taking time off or pursuing another road, like at, for example, fitness, or in my, like in, from my perspective, nutrition, you know, there's many different routes that dancers can go by. So I think it's really important, exactly what you're saying is to just make sure that you're happy with what you're doing and that you're waking up and you like going to class and you enjoy it. And it's making you feel good physically and mentally. Exactly. Such good insight today. I really can't thank you enough. It was so fun. I enjoyed talking with you so much. It was good. Thank you. Is there anything else you want to say? No pressure at all. I just like to kind of leave the mic open. Uh, I mean, I just want to say that, like all the dancers, everyone really who's out there struggling right now and trying to keep up with this level that they've set for themselves and mm -hmm. dealing with perfectionism. Like this is also advice to myself. Um, just like let things happen the way they're happening right now. Like be kind to your body. If you're taking bar, holding onto your staircase and you don't feel like you can hit that perfect fifth position, it's okay. Like mm -hmm. it's not the end of the world. If you can just do a little bit every day, like that's, that's fine and accept that and be happy with it. Cause mm -hmm. like these circumstances nobody can prepare for. Um, so yeah, mm -hmm. I keep saying like be kind, Absolutely. forgive. 
Absolutely. Listen, I, I can relate to that personally. Honestly, I, I don't love virtual classes. Even in the beginning of quarantine, I had to tell myself, you know, let me lower the bar of expectation of what I'm expecting myself to do and know that I will get back to this down the road. But right now I, I had to take two steps back in order to take a step forward. Um, and I think you make such a good point that, you know, we can't expect what we expected in the studio. We can't have the same expectations now while we're home. Exactly. So Katie, thank you so much. I will definitely talk to you soon. Have a good rest of your day. You too.